we get to that part where it says, and the church of Christ was born. Isn't that amazing? And that's why we're here, guys, because of what Jesus did. Amen? Amen, amen. Hey, I want to invite you to go ahead and grab uh, your Bibles, open it with me to uh, Acts chapter 27. We've only got two more chapters to go. We're going to do all of 27 today. Uh, just going to look at a very specific part of it. Uh, pull your sermon notes up online or, uh, or pull them out of your worship guide. As you're turning there, there is a Facebook page called How's Houghton. And it was created about six years ago by somebody in our community out in Corona de Tucson. That's the community where if you go all the way south down Houghton Road, it ends in this neighborhood called Corona de Tucson. It means the crown of Tucson, not the beer of Tucson. So don't go there, you know, expecting any, like, why is my pastor lit? Okay, so anyways, so it was created by somebody there about six years ago because the roads leading into Corona during monsoon season flood. And so they created a page called How's Houghton so people could share information during monsoon season. Now, outside of monsoon season, people are talking about, you know, hey, there's a loose cow on the road or there's a crazy driver or there's a speed trap at the fairgrounds or whatever. But during monsoon season, you're, it is such a helpful page to pay attention to. Uh, you know, Sean and I and, uh, work in town, and you can see the storms coming, you know, hanging out over the, uh, the Santa Rita Mountains, and so we'll hop on that page and see, how's Houghton? How are the roads? And, and it's so helpful because people will post, you know, hey, just made it through, just got home from Tucson uh, about 15 minutes ago, made it in my little car, roads are good. Or someone will say, hey, I tried to come home, or I tried to leave in my big truck, and the washers are running, don't risk it. You know, it's a super helpful page. It doesn't, you don't avoid the storms, but you at least know what to expect. You at least have that assurance. And I think that's what we all want in life is just that assurance. We know storms are going to come, but it'd be nice to get some encouragement. It'd be nice to get some assurance of what to expect and how to deal with it. Well, that's what we're going to see here in Acts chapter 27. Paul is finally getting to go to Rome. After a couple of years of being imprisoned in Caesarea, he's being shipped off to Rome to have a trial before Caesar. And on the way, the, uh, the ship that he's on, obviously you've got sailors, you've got uh, Roman guards, and then you've got a bunch of other prisoners like Paul. The ship that they're on uh, faces some storms on the way. It's slow going. They're near the end of the season when you would be sailing on the Mediterranean. Not quite winter, but almost. And... Um, Paul even tells them at one time, hey, we shouldn't try to risk it. Let's, let's shelter here for the winter and try again in the spring. But they press on and they encounter a bad storm. So bad that it sweeps them out into the middle of the Mediterranean and they get lost. And they face what every sailor fears, which is the ship is going to sink and we're all going to die. We're all going to drown. But in the middle of the storm, God speaks to Paul. He sends an angel to comfort him and to assure him, and to encourage him. And that's what we're going to see today. And guys, what I hope you hear today is that in the middle of your storm, you can be encouraged by God. Let's jump into this passage. It's Acts chapter 27. We're just going to read about a dozen verses, verse 13 to 26. It says, when a light wind began blowing from the south, the sailors thought they could make it. So they pulled up anchor and sailed close to the shore of Crete. But the weather changed abruptly, and a wind of typhoon, or your translation may say hurricane strength, called a northeaster, burst across the island and blew us out to sea. The sailors couldn't turn the ship into the wind, so they gave up and just let it run before the gale. We sailed along the sheltered side of a 
small island called Clauda, where great with where with great difficulty we hoisted aboard the lifeboat being towed behind us. Then the sailors bound ropes around the hull of the ship to strengthen it. They were afraid of being driven across to the sandbars of Sirtis off the African coast, so they lowered the sea anchor to slow the ship and were driven before the wind. The next day, as gale force winds continued to batter the ship, the the crew began throwing the cargo overboard. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time, and finally Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. For last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me, and he said, Don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. In other words, you're going to make it to Rome. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. All right, so looking at this passage, I think there's some ways that it shows us that we can be encouraged even in the storm. And the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, number one, one of the ways we receive encouragement is just a pause and let God speak. One of the ways, one of the best ways you and I can receive encouragement is just to pause and let God speak. When we find ourselves in a storm, the best thing we can do is just to slow down, to stop, and to give God a chance to speak to us, to encourage us through his word and through his presence. You know, we know that, but the problem is we often look at a lot of other areas to receive encouragement. You know, sometimes we'll say, well, just, you know, people say, well, just be positive. You know, just look on the bright side. Things will get better. You know, uh, it, you know, there's, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. There's, you know, it, look for the silver lining. You know, so they just talk about being positive. You know, keep your chin up. Sometimes we try that. Sometimes we try to look at perspective. Well, it's not as bad as it could be, you know. I don't have it as bad as that guy has it, you know. I'm better off than they are, you know. So we try to get encouragement by looking at perspective. Or maybe we even look at the past. We're like, well, I've been through rougher times than this. I've been through more difficult times than this. this. This is bad. This is hard. But I've been through more. And all of those make sense. And all of those can give you a little bit of encouragement and give you a boost for a while, but they won't last. They're not lasting encouragement. They're limited. They'll help for a little bit, but they're not going to give you lasting comfort, lasting peace. Where we find that, where we find lasting encouragement, lasting comfort, lasting peace is in God, is in, is in his word. When we pause and let him speak. That's what we see here. Paul was encouraged by God. Listen again to verse 23 and 24. He, he tells the, the sailors, he said, last night an angel of God Uh, to whom I belong and whom I serve, stood beside me and said, God spoke to Paul through this angel. He said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. Right there, right there in the middle of the storm, right there when things seemed their worst, an angel of the Lord appeared to Paul and encouraged him, told him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is a scary moment, but don't be afraid. You're going to make it. You're going to get there. You're going to get to Rome. 
you know, and, and he reminded, just as Jesus promised Paul back in, uh, back in Jerusalem in Acts 23, when Paul was in prison, when he'd gotten uh, arrested and beaten and thrown in prison uh, in Jerusalem, Jesus appeared to Paul. You guys remember this? Jesus stood right beside him and said, you know, buck up, buttercup, it's going to be all right. You know, he told him, he said, take courage. You're going to make it to Rome. It's not going to end here. And so the angel is reminding him, is reminding him of what God's already said. And on top of this, not only, Paul, are you going to make it, the angel says, but everybody traveling with you is going to make it. You know, sometimes the way we need to receive encouragement, sometimes uh, the, the best thing for us is to, is to hear from God. And not only to hear from God, but to hear from God what he has already said to us before, once or twice or maybe a dozen times. You know, sometimes the way God encourages us is by reminding us of the promises he's spoken to us. By bringing us back again and again to a certain promise, a certain passage of scripture. You know, a couple of years ago, our church went through a pretty rough season. It was around the middle of August to about the middle of October. We had just finished renovating the basement, and we were beginning work on the, uh, all the stuff out here, and we had flooding. How many of y'all remember that? Yeah. And so we had flooding, and then after the flooding, we had to deal with some mold. And that was, that was just one thing. We had some other things going on. It seemed like every week there was something new, uh, some, some struggle, some situation we had to deal with. Some of them were, were big things. Some of them just felt like big things because they just kept piling on. We had some situations with staff. We had, uh, you know, some people got ill, and another person had a, a setback in their job, and just thing after thing after thing. And it was just felt like gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. Well, God knew what was coming. Before all of this happened, in early August, I came across this passage that's there in your, in your text. It's Habakkuk 3, 17 to 19. I know I've read it before, but for some reason it stood out to me. And it says, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, and there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the field and the cattle barns are empty. Let me just pause right there. Do you get in the picture here? Even though everything has just gone to crud and everything we depend on and everything we count on and everything we're hoping for is just gone. The fields and the flocks and the crops and the cattle. You with me? You tracking? Look what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. Not all those other things. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. I remember, remember telling Pastor Sean about reading this verse and saying, dude, I don't know what's coming. <laughs> I don't know what God's got planned, but I know God has got this. And then the next several weeks, when there was thing after thing after thing after thing, I just kept coming back to this verse. I kept coming back to this passage. I kept coming back to this promise that God kept reminding me of over and over and over. Matter of fact, even just this week, it was, or maybe last week, this was in a devotion that I was reading, and it was such a great reminder of God's faithfulness. And, and year after year, as I've read through the, uh, the Bible, when I get to this passage, I'm reminded of what God did and what he's done since then, that God, you have got this. Whether it's this or this, you've got it. It was good for me to hear again and again the promises of God. And sometimes it's good for us Many times it's good for us to pause 
and let God speak, even to remind us of what he's already said. That's one way that we're encouraged. Matter of fact, that's the best way that we're encouraged, but it doesn't stop there. It's good that you get encouraged, but the second thing that we need to understand about encouragement is that we're to use our encouragement to be an encourager. We're to use the way that God has encouraged us so that we can encourage others. That's just what we see Paul doing here in verse 21 22. He said, look, it says that no, no, no one had eaten for a long time. So finally, Paul called the crew together and he said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this loss and damage. But take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. You know, he starts off saying, I warned you. I told you so. How many of y'all love hearing that? In Acts, 10, in Acts 27, 10, he said, this is what he said before. We didn't read it earlier, but here it is here. He said, man, I said, he said, I believe that there's trouble ahead if we go on shipwreck, loss of cargo, danger to our lives. But the officer in charge of the prisoners listened more to the ship's captain, to the owner, than to Paul. How many of y'all love it when someone says, I told you so? You know, you come to them with a problem. You come to them with a situation. And they're like, well, I, I, I warned you. I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you this would happen, right? No, we don't like that, but you know what? Sometimes we need to hear that. Sometimes, sometimes we need to hear. What Paul says here is a good reminder that sometimes, not every time, but sometimes we find ourselves in the situation we're in because we didn't listen. We didn't listen to God. We didn't listen to God's word. We didn't listen to his Holy Spirit. We didn't listen to good godly counsel from others. We're in the mess we're in, and the mess is a mess of our own making. Now, sometimes that's not true. Sometimes illness just comes upon you, and there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. Sometimes you're driving along, obeying all the laws, and bam, somebody hits you from the side. You need, there's nothing you could have done to prevent it other than just never drive, I guess. You know. So sometimes things do happen, but there are times where if we would have just listened and and listen to godly wisdom, and listen to godly counsel, we would have saved ourselves a whole lot of heartache, a whole lot of trouble. But let's get back to what Paul says, his actual encouragement. He says in verse 25, he says, take courage for I believe God and it will be just as he said. Paul was encouraged by God and rather than just going down into his bunk and sleeping it off and being like, you know, it's all good. You know, I'm not worried. I don't know what's going to happen to these guys, but I'm fine. No, he gathered them together. And with the encouragement he received, he encouraged others. You know, it's good that you've been encouraged. If, you're, if you've gone through a storm, if you're in a storm, if God's encouraged you, it's good that you've been encouraged. But don't stop there. Don't keep it to yourself. What do we say? We say we have been blessed to be a what? A blessing. And a lot of times we think about that, and we even talk about it in financial sense, right? Well, you know, if, you, if God has blessed you with a job, if he's blessed you with an income, if he's blessed you with anything at all, you've been blessed to be a blessing. And so that's why we tithe, and that's why we give to missions, and that's why we do offerings, and why we do the angel tree, and all those other things, right? But it doesn't end there. If you've been blessed with encouragement, then God has blessed you to be a blessing by being an encourager. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why God does this. Matter of fact, God's word tells us this. Look at 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Paul writes, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all what? Comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can sleep well at night. No. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can have peace of mind. No. He comforts us 
in our trouble so that we can what? Comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God gave us. Wow. We are blessed to be a blessing. Yes, in, in, in our time and in our tithe and in our talents and all of that, but also in our troubles, also in our struggles, also in the comfort that we have received in the middle of that so that we can be a comfort to others. Use your encouragement to be an encourager. And then finally, the last thing we see from this is that we are encouraged so we can endure the storms. The reason God encourages us is so that we can endure the storms. We're going to be encouraged. God promises that. He gives that to us in his word. But we still may have to go through the storm. Matter of fact, we very likely will have to go through the storm. Listen again. Paul says in verse 25 and 26, he says, be, be, but he says, take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. I've had about a bunch of them are like, wait, what? <laughs> Those two things don't seem to add up. But he's like, yes. He says, so take courage, for I believe God, it'll be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked. Paul tells the sailors and the soldiers and the passengers that they still had to endure the storm, but it wasn't going to be as bad as they thought. It wasn't going to be as bad as they feared. Paul says, we're going to survive. God has assured me that none of you are going to die. None of you are going to drown at sea. That has to be a sailor's worst fear, our passenger on a ship's worst fear fear is drowning at sea. The ship going down and you just floating there with no hope in sight, no rescue in sight, sharks swimming around you. I mean, that's just got to be your greatest, the, the greatest fear. But Paul assures them that's not going to happen. But he tells them they're still going to have to go through the storm. They're still going to have to suffer loss. It's going to be rough. They're going to lose everything except their life, but you're going to make it. You know, God's encouragement to us helps us make it through the storm. It doesn't necessarily help us, make it, help us to avoid life's storm. God helps us make it through. And here's the deal. You can't be encouraged if you don't have to go through a storm. You can't be encouraged if you don't face something that's discouraging. You know, if you don't have to endure a struggle, then there's really no need for you to be encouraged, you know. You never heard anybody complain, you know, uh, how's life? Oh, it's miserable. Why? Well, I just got a raise. Oh, I'm so sorry, you know. How's life? Oh, it's terrible. Why? I, my, you know, you know my, my, my boss just bought me a brand new car. Oh, wow, you poor thing. You know, you know, people, people need encouragement when they say, I lost my job. People need encouragement when they say, the car broke down after I lost my job. You know, people need encouragement when they're like, my washer and dryer don't work. And you're like, I can tell. No, I'm, don't, don't, don't do that. Um, but, you know, that's when they need encouragement is when life is rough, when they're going through the storms, when they're discouraged. And that means you and I, in order to be encouraged so we can be encouragers, we're going to have to go through storms. There in your outline, the storm leads to a story so we can give God glory. The storm that you go through, the difficult time you go through, is going to lead to a story. It's going to lead to a story of you being able to say, here's what I went through, but here's how God rescued, provided, protected, saved, delivered, encouraged, steadied, steadied me. Here's where God was present. The storm leads to a story, and that story 
leads to God's glory. It leads to you being able to say, here's what God did. Here who, here's who he was. If there wasn't a storm, there'd be no story. If we didn't have to go through difficult moments or difficult situations or, or rough seasons of life, there'd, be no, there'd really be no story for us to tell of God working in our lives. Sometimes, oftentimes, we're encouraged to be an encourager, but we're encouraged so we can endure the storm. The storm leads to a story so we can give God glory. The question is, are you willing to go through a storm so that God can use you to bring him glory and to encourage others? George Truitt tells the story of a father who lost his wife and the mother of his little girl, and as they stood by the graveside of the, of the wife and mother, after the funeral was over, friends came to him and said, you don't need to go home tonight. You should come stay at our house. You don't need to be alone. It'll be easier for you. But the dad replied, no, we're going back home to the scene of her suffering and trust God's grace to sustain us. Well, that night, the little girl was late and going to sleep, so the father took her bed and moved it into the room where he and his wife had slept and pushed it up close to their bed. And in the darkness, she would say, Daddy, it's so dark. Are you there? You're there, aren't you, Dad? And the father would reach over and place his hand on her head and said, Yes, I'm right here. Now go to sleep. And before long, the little girl fell soundly asleep. And then in the darkness and in the gloom, his first night alone, the father weepingly said, Father, it's so dark and my heart is so overwhelmed. You are there, aren't you? And he was reminded of the promise from Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. In the storm that we're going to go through, all we got to do is call out to God and say, God, you're there, aren't you? Maybe that's what you need today. Maybe the, the questions you have about a situation you're facing, the struggle that you're going through, the uncertainty of, 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 of family or, or finances or health or whatever it may be, you're looking up and saying, God, you're there, aren't you? And maybe today you need to be reminded that he is there, that he is present, that he's going to encourage you to endure through the storm so that you can be an encourager to others. You're going to make it through, and you're going to help others make it through their storm. Maybe some here today, you're going through the storms of life all by yourself. You don't know Jesus as your Savior. You don't have a relationship with God. You're out there on a boat with no sail, no rowboat, no life preserver, nothing. And you're hoping to make it through. Why go through life like that? Why go through life on your own? Today can be the day of salvation for you where you can go through life with God right beside you. Not that it's going to be easy sailing, not that it's all going to be smooth water, it's going to be rough, but you know that God is with you if you will place your faith in Jesus. Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? Heavenly Father, all across the room, we pray that your spirit would continue to work on hearts and lives today as we get ready to respond during this time of response of, of prayer and worship. God, I pray that you would be an encourager 
that people would receive the encouragement that you've been trying to give them as, as they're going through the difficult things of their lives, the uncertainty, Father, in so many different areas in people's lives. I pray that they would receive the encouragement that you want to give them, the assurance from your word and the assurance of your presence. And not only that, God, I pray that they would say, yes, God, I'm willing to go through the storm so that you can use me to encourage someone else. Finally, God, we pray for those who today, they need to place their faith in Jesus. Before they go through the storm or as they continue to go through life storms on their own, I pray that today they would, they would stop trying to live life with them in charge and instead surrender fully to Christ. If that's you today, if you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, you can call out to him right now. You can, you can pray along with me. I'm going to pray a prayer, and you can just repeat after me. I'll say a sentence and pause. But if you're ready to place your faith in Jesus, just pray this prayer or something like it. God, I know that you love me. Go ahead and say that. God, I know that you love me. I'm sorry for living life on my own. I'm sorry for my sins. I believe in Jesus. I believe he died for my sins, that you raised him back to life, and that you offer salvation to all who believe in him. Today, I commit my life to Christ. I'm ready to be a child of God through faith in Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen.